Just a quick warning that we will be discussing probably abortion, difficult relationship dynamics and endings, mental health stuff, bears, beheadings, bark beetles, etc. So if you are not into that, uh, just maybe skip these next couple episodes. Mercy me, the night is long. Mercy me, the night is long. Hello, welcome to A Hopeless Endeavor, a Joanna Newsom podcast. My name is Sam. Oh, I forgot that that was my cue again. We used to say where we lived and then I think we decided last time. It's enough with that. We did decide that. So yeah, my name is Nikki. I like grapefruit juice. I don't know what else. It just feels weird to not say something along with it, but hi. It's like... um. Those awful icebreakers at a new job or like in a new class or something. Like... <laughs> I fucking never know what to say. And I'm like, what is the point of these? I what like... is the interesting thing that can come out of it? I like cats as my default. Here's a picture <laughs> of my cat. <laughs> She's really cute. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. So this is a hopeless endeavor at Johnson Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about In California. The, what is it, third song on the second vinyl of Have One On Me. Is that all correct? Um, yeah, I, again, didn't bring up the vinyl with me, but I believe you are correct. Yay. Um, I think we've said this a bunch of times uh, for <laughs> a bunch of different songs, but this song's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> We have said that, and it is still true, but this song is super difficult. It, like, I don't know what your, um, like, history, what your relationship is with uh, in California exactly. Like, for me, I have loved, it was, like, I think maybe my favorite song for a long time off of Have One On Me, that or the title track. Um, and, like, since then, I wouldn't now say it's my favorite, but not because I've downgraded in California. I've just, like, upgraded the other songs such that they're, like, at a level, a comparable level now. Yeah. But I love this song so much. But there are so many points at which I'm like, I don't know. It seems contradictory. Also, like, who's they? I mean, we'll get into it. But, yeah, Sam, what's your what's your deal with this song? <laughs> I love this song. And I love this song <laughs> so much number one because it's one of the best ones to like belt in the dark when you walk home after a few drinks um (laughs) like i'm sure to the dismay of anyone in my neighborhood um it's especially by dismay you mean delight (laughs) (laughs) um number two because of its similarity to does not suffice um like the way that I feel like this song gives us a little snippet of where our narrator is going and where the story is going really just blows my mind and it's in such a like a discreet way um I feel like we just get to like peek around the corner towards the end of the album and I love that Um, yeah that's a really good way of putting it I like that imagery of peeking around the corner to like we get a little, little foreshadowing into what's going to come, even though like we don't know it. And it sort of seems like things are going to like go in the other direction, maybe when, when we're done with this song, maybe. It's really hard to tell. 
Yeah. Um, for me, this song is a lot about uh, processing um, our narrator processing like her own space and time yeah. and this relationship and like uh, very much what she wants the future to look like but still being very unsure and kind of like that waffling and those peaks and valleys that all of that entails um, like a lot of the should I shouldn't I what am I capable of what can I and can't I do um, yeah. and that's why the does not suffice little peak is so nice because um, you can do it like it's a nice like okay we know where you're going like okay uh, I, I'm on board with this direction um, like, yeah you're gonna get there you can do it yeah 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 I really love all those themes in it like you said I love the foreshadowing I also really love the like ideas of home mm -hmm. that I think we that we're gonna talk about but like so many parts so many places in this song I think of like that stupid like home is where the heart is mm -hmm. like idiom or whatever it is mm -hmm. because like heart imagery too comes up like 50 hundred times in this song <laughs> about that yeah about that um and I just love the idea of playing with like <laughs> the uh like meaning I guess behind that dumb idiom which is just mm -hmm. like what is home like what is it to like belong and feel safe and feel you know not restless and not like you're going to lose your mind at any second and I think that the narrative narrator vacillates between like two contradictory answers to that question yeah that feeling of safety I think is really poignant in this song too um but that 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 idea of home changes changes so many times throughout the song um and that's part of that like waffling uh, yeah. where we can tell the narrator's really processing a lot um yeah uh so that's i'm not like song. a social media uh manager by any means sometimes <laughs> i just post shit and i'm uh, super grateful when anyone responds but like you guys uh, really kind of went wild for this one. Um, and by wild, I mean like we got more than like two responses, which is, which is great. Incredible. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just read a few of those from Instagram quickly. Um, Thank you, Sam. So many people said uh, my favorite. Okay, this is the thing. Some people... I feel like this song, in the responses that I got, this song and Go Long are so closely tied for people. And so some people were like, in California, beats go long every time, no question. And then the other end of the spectrum is the opposite. And it's like, ooh, Go Long always tops in California. And I just thought that that was really interesting. Um, I like the connecting of those two songs. Um and they go, I weirdly feel that too, even though I can't put a finger on like what that is exactly. So many people just sent like bawling emojis with cuckoos. Um, oh, the cuckoos. It's the greatest song in the universe. She did something <laughs> irreversible to me with that coo. It simultaneously breaks my heart and heals it. Um, yes. Uh, incredible. So I just said, like, trying to find a medium between being vulnerable and being independent. Um, oh, these are brilliant descriptions. Oh, man. Uh, that you wish to, uh, 
you've been hurt and as a result feel retention to vulnerability so you prepare to shield yourself when someone wants to become a part of your life even though you care for them and they are genuine building walls is a learned behavior is such mm. like a an important thing to take note of when we're talking about home and space yeah. um yeah there were just some really uh thoughtful i don't i don't expect anything less from you guys but like mm -hmm. it just really blew my mind um so many people's favorite song too like on this album and or on this disc um you know that's interesting because for me like i mean it always just depends i think that like my impression of what other people like of Joanna is like very unreliable because, you know, it's hard to get into anybody else's own head. But just based on like the stuff that I sort of glean from like social media or like talking to people that in California is often up there. But like in a way where I'm like, that's almost surprising because it's not like a catchy song exactly. Like it's not like, you know, like when people say that like peach plum pear or something mm -hmm. is their favorite Joanna song. I'm like, I, I totally get it. Like it's very, and like that a lot of people say that is um, very understandable to me just cause like it's a fucking bop. Yeah. Um, and in California is absolutely a bop in its own right, but in a way that just seems different to me than, I don't know. I don't know. I love that people are into this song though. Yeah. It was like an, and, and I think this song too, much like, I feel like only skin and baby birch, the, the connections are a lot more personal too. Like I got a few messages mm. that were like, this was my song at this specific instance in my life or like for this specific breakup. And, um, yeah, it just, it's a big song. <laughs> it's a really big song. Bunch of shit going on. Bunch of shit I don't know about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Yeah. I I was thinking about I don't know what made me think of this when I was doing re research today, but I was thinking about how at the very beginning of the podcast, Sam, you and I used to do like, um, like here is Emily. Here are some themes that happen in Emily. There's like space and sisters and uh, prayers and <laughs> I don't know what we said, but like we'd like go over like general general themes that like maybe we were going to talk about in the song. And I was I don't know what about in California sort of made me do that. I was returning to home um yeah but uh, uh one of the things that I like thought of mentioning for preliminary notes which I should have researched but you know how I am um is that I think I mentioned this maybe last week too but that I think Have What On Me was supposed to be two discs, two vinyls, and then they, because of like logistical reasons, had to split it up into three. And so I think maybe that that would have meant that uh, In California would have been the last song off of the first vinyl. And that is super interesting to me in the context of our like comparison with does not suffice mm -hmm. so like imagine this like alternative version of heaven on me where in california ends the first um uh vinyl and um does not suffice ends the last one mm -hmm. like they do kind of seem like two ending songs but like where the direction the narrator is headed in is maybe a little different at the end of each of those but i, I don't know i kind of was into that comparison maybe no i, I don't like know that a lot um yeah. As you're talking about home too, I know we've mentioned this a bunch of times in our other episodes, but the idea of 
naming something, um, mm. kind of giving whatever idea you're naming credence. Um, and this song really names the idea of home. Like we know it is in California. <laughs> yeah. um, we know it is like by the old milk lake. We know yeah. um, like you can almost physically map it in your head um, a lot more specifically than a lot of things she sings about, I think. Yeah, um, totally. It's more grounded in that kind of way. It's grounded and it's so much more honest. Um, yeah. I think like this song's kind of mind-blowing in in its honesty because that's not something that she's really, at least from my perspective, given us before. Um, like I feel like the narrator here is being super incredibly vulnerable um, and maybe like for the first time in this album, like very honest with, with herself, with themselves. And, um, that's part of what makes it so hard to <laughs> figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. There's this like scrambling vibe. I feel like in the song that is super vulnerable and super like exposed almost like she's like, look, I am struggling. I'm not on top of things in a way that maybe other songs have, um, I don't know. Yeah, this song maybe just like gives us a vibe of her being more scrambly, like trying to fucking figure shit out, like kind of unable to, like kind of not succeeding at it. Um, yeah, I am so stoked to talk about this. Um, another thing that I wanted to say just that I thought of as you we were talking, Sam, was that, uh, again, I think that she in some interviews uh, has said that she thinks of this song as um, – really of this sorry this album as really earthy like that have one on me is like very earthy and like sort of tangible in a way that East and Milk Eyed Mender were not sure and there is something like almost like I guess metaphorical here of like the groundedness that you were talking about um of in California where it's like you can like like literally put a pin on a map uh to like reference where she's referring to exactly and uh and also like that um that groundedness being reflected in sort of the I guess I wouldn't say that the narrator's grounded in this song I think it's kind of the opposite she's not she's like uprooted but mm -hmm. like the groundedness in terms of like I'm staying true to like how I actually feel right now and how I feel is scary like it's not I'm not okay and so she's like not sort of with her head in the clouds um, at all in this song, I don't think. Yeah, which is so different from everything on East. Like you can't uh, define exactly which farm monkey and bear left or like what the fuck she's talking about when we think about <laughs> like the wide white stairs or, yes, you know, those yes. really like ethereal kind of, uh, I don't know, like you said, head in the clouds kind of concepts yeah. um yeah yeah even the imagery right like we start out east with like looking up into the sky like the meadowlarks and the chim trees and the sparrows mm -hmm. and like i don't know looking into space a new space would come up right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> nikki has a space background on our uh our video call today I was like <laughs> how can we tie this in <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah. So like there's that like looking up to spaceness in East that starts the album. But yeah, th- anyways, this one is just very like, like I'm going to name a bunch of stuff that we find in this like agricultural setting on the farm. Although I guess that's present in Monkey and Bear too. But you know, whatever. Has a more grounded vibe maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think the the uh, like living creatures that are present in this song make a lot of sense with that idea for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, it makes me fucking want to go to California. Like it, like the imagery that she uses is so like it is the perfect song to listen to when you're like in nature. I was walking my dog today and listening to it and just being like, oh, my God, this is just like the best thing I've ever heard in my life. It's so good. <laughs> the imagery puts you there. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Do you have any other preliminary remarks? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I do either. I don't think. Um, I'm gonna start so this song is like almost nine minutes, right? It's like eight minutes, 45 seconds. Yeah. It's another quite long one. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that made me really gravitate towards it when Have On Me first came out because I was like, oh my God, yay. Like back to this long form shit that I fucking love about yeah. Joanna. Yeah. All right. Should I start reading the first verse? Yes, please. Okay. So she sings. My heart became a drunken runt on the day I sunk in this shunt. On the day I sunk in this shunt uh, to tap me clean. Of all the wonder and the sorrow I have seen since I left my home, colon. Yeah. Okay, so we start with the heart. We start right away with the heart, yeah. She uses um, synecdoche, I think is the way you say it, Mm -hmm. but that literary technique where you are using a part of something to actually refer to the whole thing. So in this case, she's using the heart to refer to like her self. Um, uh, right. Cause like the heart doesn't literally become a drunken runt. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I think there's something about the heart synecdoches in here that I f- have this like sneaking suspicion that is significant, but like, I can't, I was like looking for like a, something that this could be referring to like just the heart and like soul synecdoche that she uses in this but I couldn't really find it all I know is that it is present (laughs) so I have like the first kind of silly imagery that I have with the first line here is like you know in the Grinch movie when he's like at the top of the cliff and watching everyone in Whoville and his tiny little heart his shriveled tiny little heart is inside his body um (laughs) so that's (laughs) what I thought of first um so drunken runt as in the heart is smaller so I want to assume that the heart has undergone a transformation since our narrator left home. So since our narrator left home, uh, the heart has become smaller, more undersized, weak, um, kind of foggy, maybe like uncoordinated. Um, Yeah. It hasn't always been this way. Um, It's something that's changed since she's left home. Um, it also made me weirdly think about like 
Wilbur the pig in Charlotte's Web, who was a runt. <laughs> and like, again, the story of Mary Toft, who birthed rabbits. Uh, oh, yeah. We talked about in the Baby Birch episode. Um, and like, I'm sorry. Is runt just like the small one of the litter? Is that the only thing it means? Yes. Just look this up. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. The definition I have is like one who is unsuccessful in the competition for survival. Um, so we could take that survival as like, as an individual or as, um, like their relationship. Um, and the word shunt here, I've, I don't know about you. I've only ever heard shunt used in like a medical term to like drain liquid from one thing to another. Um, but in this context, it feels much more um, like the verb to be moved suddenly aside. Um, if a person or a thing is shunted somewhere, they are moved or sent there. Um, it, it feels like a physical mm. thing. Um, well, I, I was unaware of the the verb, mm. right? Verb. Yeah. Uh, understanding of shunt so okay actually that's really interesting so then the second line has um, maybe two ways that you could interpret it at least right Mm so on the way you just used it would be what it would be on the day I like sunk into uh like being pushed aside Mm -hmm. like on the day where I was sort of dwelling in my being pushed to the side or it could be on the day that she put the shunt, the medical draining device into her heart to like drain the liquid from it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And if we're talking about like the more medical aspect of it, like that shunt is literally draining the wonder and sorrow I have seen and it's leaving her kind of like, um, I would assume like, hollow and small like the image i had was like less a shunt and more like a straw and someone like sucking all of that goodness and wonder right out of her heart and what's left is not very much Um, no what's left is like alcohol (laughs) like um so i mean that's i have like five thoughts as always but like okay so um First, I was just going to say like the um, line that comes right after the one that we were just talking about, to tap me clean makes me think of a tree and how you get like syrup mm-hmm. um, or sap, I guess, from a tree, right? And so like I love this maybe associating herself already with nature in this because I think that comes up over and over and over again. So it makes me think that she's like a tree, right? And like at the end of the song, she has roots that are um, choked Right. And so like there's this sort of association of herself with this like physical object in nature that I kind of like, at least for me, that's what the imagery brings up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like here how this like duality of the things that are leaving her heart. So mm-hmm. it's both wonder and sorrow. So like like getting rid of sorrow seems like it would be a good thing to do, but like she's by coupling them together, she's almost making a statement to say, like, you can't 
know one without the other. You can't have like these two things go hand in hand. So like, although I'm getting rid of Sora, which is like a nice thing, I'm also parting ways with this wonder. And like you were saying, Finn, like it's like such an empty, empty aftermath to that one that maybe she's like drowning with alcohol. <laughs> and and that's something that's very true for this album, right? Like that we've been along as we listen to each of these songs together and like um it has been wonderful and it's also been like fucking awful. Um yeah, so to note that duality is really important too, I think. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, right. And like the the drunkenness theme too so like forget even what the songs were now i know that we talked about alcohol in easy with bloody mary's and have one on me with obviously the have one on me-ness of have one on me yeah um i think there's other ones too but i mean here is a reference to being drunk and maybe like you know like drowning one's sorrows with alcohol um, and then I thought it was interesting, too, that in the song that comes right after this one, which is Jackrabbits, the whole thing starts with, I was tired of being drunk. Mm. Like, almost calling directly back to, like, the state that she was, um, that she was in after she drained her heart. And maybe, like, I hadn't thought of, like, an alcohol kind of theme to this. And it makes sense with some of the confusion, I think that we both feel about this song which like it feels very waffly and very up and down mm. and that makes sense if um if we can relate it to you know having a few drinks or having many many um to kind of soothe whatever else is happening right yeah that's a good point this like drunkenness but might be reflected in the narration mm -hmm. uh, throughout the song that's cool um <laughs> Also to tap her clean, like to take, I think for me, that means like to take out all of, all of the wonder and the sorrow I've seen. Yeah. Um, one thing I saw, I want to say it was on Genius, um, and I don't know how relevant this is, but, but when we started the podcast, we said that we were just going to be like a conduit for a bunch of Joanna theories, some of which we endorse, some of which maybe we don't. But like one of the things I saw mentioned was just like the... I mean, as you had said, Sam, like the use of shunts is very like a very much a medical term, maybe, or association. And people were just saying, like, look, maybe this is referring to like a different medical procedure that may or may have not uh, may or may not have happened earlier on in this album. So, mm. I mean, that's something maybe. Yeah, I have a few connections to that, too, as we go through for sure. Um, I always feel bad now bringing up abortion because like I know it's such a trope that like look not all Joanna songs are about abortion and I'm like no I know but maybe <laughs> I mean I think especially in this album it's a pretty strong thread that ties yeah. a lot of the content together for sure um, yeah I would debate that every song is like solely yeah. about that but it's a human experience right um, yeah yeah and like one that can like a song cannot be about it and yet still have that sort of just in the background, you know, mm -hmm. as a thing that has happened on this album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you entirely. Um, for me, the last thing I wanted to know about this verse is just that it ends with a colon. Mm. And 
it didn't occur to me that that would be important until I read, I again want to say it was on Genius, this theory that like that colon is weirdly important because it demarcates a shift in time. So the theory is that this first verse, my heart became a drunken runt. She's sort of like reflecting on like what had happened. Like she's like in a more privileged position, a more privileged epistemic position to say like, this is what happened to my heart. And then at the end of this verse, since I left my home, colon. And then the next verse, according to this theory, is when she gets into like, she's like, I'm fully immersed in the memory now rather than like retelling it to us and like having that distance from it. She's like putting herself right back into the throes of the like emotions and everything else that comes with with like being in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all I have for the first verse. Yes. So then she sings. Yeah, so there's that colon since I left my home. My home on the old milk lake where the darkness does fall so fast. It feels like some kind of mistake. In brackets, just like they told you it would, just like the Tulji would. Hmm. Uh, my first note here is I watched a bunch of uh, live versions of this song yesterday, mm-hmm. and the enunciation of the word initial consonant in fall fast and feels is uh, super, super, um, I don't know what's the word, it's just super, super uh, visible, not visible, you can, you can, she enunciates incredibly. Um, on the album and in the live shows. And I just really loved that. Mm. Um, I think I maybe know what you mean. Like she um, sort of like punctuates each of those words. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm sure you can hear that fucking chirping. I got my cats a toy that goes it's like a little bird that goes like, tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> and my dog, he just knocked it and it just does that. Sorry. Anyways. Um, yeah, I think I know what you mean with that pronunciation stuff. Like, does fall so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so hard to know where to start with this song. I know we say that all of the time, but it's, like, actually hard to know what to talk about right now because there's, like, so much going on and also so many questions that I have about what's going on. Yeah. Um, did you see – I think you did because I think we talked about this – but um, that Milk Lake is – an actual lake in California, um, yeah. one that is in the county that Joanna herself grew up in. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those songs kind of like Emily where I'm like, you know, we're talking, we want to like keep the focus on our narrator. I think that's really important throughout this podcast, but also we're like, yeah, but there's like some things that are like just are personal. Like it helps to bring up someone's biography sometimes and I think maybe this is one of those things where I'm like look she is actually in real life familiar with this geographical I don't know location yeah I think I think it's just important to understanding uh yeah that like biographical aspect of it but as with anything it's not purely that um but yes Milk Lake real lake um told you would not so much. <laughs> Not so much real. Oh, that's an interesting contrast. Mm-hmm. 
So, so yeah, go ahead. Told you would is either a place or a description of a place in the Jabberwocky poem uh, from Through the Looking Glass, which is the sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Um, and it's kind of explained as a very nonsensical piece of poetry um, because it follows like uh, the rules of English grammar, but not much else. Um, so you can tell like this is a verb, this is a noun, this is whatever. Um, and it makes sense, but it's not words that we use in English. Um, so in the constant, this is the, the paragraph it comes from. Um, and as an oofish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tulgy wood and burbled as it came. Um, so like whiffling and burbled are not, and oofish are not words that we use, but we can kind of prescribe meaning to them based on the context. Yeah. Um, in the context of the poem and through the looking glass, told you what is not capitalized, but Jabberwock is. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took that to mean that like, uh, in the context of the poem, told you what is less the name of the place and more likely that. Tulgy is a descriptor for mm. wood, so it looks Tulgy in some way. <laughs> but is, do you know if there's a space between Tulgy and wood? There is in the poem. Okay, okay. And in our lyrics, there is no space, and it is capitalized. Interesting. Which I assumed to mean as referencing. Um, the wood that Alice goes into mm. um, in the movie. Um, You're right. Uh, and I just watched like clips from the Disney version of Alice in Wonderland too, because I was like, I haven't seen this in so long. Um, and this is just like, you know, total um, off the walls theories here. But <laughs> uh, in the movie at the part where she finds herself walking through a forest towards Tulji Wood, she's walking through these dark, creepy woods and exclaims, well, I've had enough nonsense. I'm going home straight home. And then she changes her path um, mm. and says that rabbit, who cares where he's going anyway? And that just blew my mind for a second. I, oh my I'm glad, god! I, I'm glad you're making that face because I felt like I was totally pulling at strings that don't exist. But I'm glad you're here with me, Samantha. <laughs> I am so impressed. You're. I don't know. Sometimes this happens to me. I think I'm just fucked. But when I <laughs> like, I, I'm not sad at all right now. I'm like excited and impressed. Like sometimes this will happen. My partner does like magic tricks. And if I'm like really blown away by one, I get tears in my eyes. And like that literally just happened where like I almost start crying because I'm just like moved or something. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a very weird thing. But like I had tears in my eyes as you were saying that. I was like, oh, yes, yes. Like I'm so into this that I'm crying about it. Um, That is super fucking interesting. And I don't think it's a stretch. And I am... I don't know. I was going to say speechless, but obviously I never stopped talking. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that it ties in whatever you feel happened in Baby Birch. I know both of us have pretty strong feelings about that, that I think we made very clear in that episode and we don't <laughs> need to talk about more. But um, also just to this theme of home in this song, um, 
After she mentions the rabbit, she says, it's getting dreadfully dark. Nothing looks familiar. And then she follows the path that leads to the Cheshire Cat and then the Queen of Hearts. Um, and just in this verse, we've mentioned um, darkness falling fast. And we know we're describing home. So I just thought that was like too, too perfect of a connection. And also just like, I can very... Uh, easily see Joanna Newsom loving Alice in Wonderland because it's uh, wildly um, nonsensical and fun. Yeah. With like meaning too. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, um, I love that. So the only connection I got when I um, was looking up Tology Wood was the home one that you just mentioned that like Alice is trying to go home and like has to go through this like darkness. Um, and that I don't know. I don't know how much of a stretch this is, but uh, just as you were describing it, like the told you what it like made me think of um Emily. So I just pulled up the lyrics from Emily and like sort of just comparing it to the vibe of this song, where in Emily she says, uh, describing presumably her home, um, there's a rusty light on the pines tonight, sun pouring wine, lord or marrow down into the bones of the birches and the spires of church of the churches jutting out from the shadows, the yoke and the axe and the old smokestacks and the bale and the barrow. Everything slowly goes dragged from a rope in the mouth of Slough Reminds me so much like the listing of like the yoke and the axe and the old smokestacks and the bale and the barrow reminds me so much of um, uh, I did not understand. I guess it's the next line. Damn it. I should have waited. The next verse, I mean, I should have waited to bring this up. <laughs> but like, just this like nature description, um, and and the darkness of the tall would made me also think of that Emily vibe of like you know we're rowing our boats through darkness and like we're gonna get to morning but like it's a fucking trek first. Um, so in do you I I was asking Sam before we started recording like I don't think that I've ever read um these Lewis Carroll books I don't think, but do you remember like. D does the Cheshire Cat and the Queen of Hearts and stuff, do they all live in the Tology Wood? It's the path that she takes to get to them. I ugh, Just from the clips I watched, I read the book like a decade ago, maybe two, like 15 <laughs> years ago, and I don't remember. But I think from the Tology Wood, she goes uh, and it gets darker and she meets like those funny glasses, creatures, and then she meets um, the weird umbrella guys and then we see the eyes of the Cheshire cat. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that's in a forest. I think the Cheshire cat at least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all happening in like a really dark, creepy uh, forest. She finds at the end of the scene, like a red path um, that she follows. Um, and just like uh, this... I always get stuck on what the mistake is here. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, Sam. Tell me about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot to tell you. Um, where the darkness does fall so fast, it feels like some kind of mistake really is the vibe of I'm in this darkness and I don't have a flashlight and I don't know which of these paths mm. to take. Um, like I was not prepared. Exactly. Interesting. Um, and I think it also has a lot to do with probably like the topography of the land 
where she grew up and where I very much did not grow up. And like, I'm assuming, um, you know, if you're surrounded by mountains that that would be more likely to happen or something like that, um, where you would be caught unawares in some way. Um, yeah, I think I read exactly that actually on genius that, um, just supports what you're saying which is like something i don't fucking know mountains get in the way of sun and makes darkness happen faster than it would in the winnipeg prairies in which we grew up yeah um but then also like i love the again the duality of i guess not even not even duality but like the two things i guess happening at the same time in that kind of line so the darkness as in like she's being very verbose in her description of like this like lush nature agricultural california e setting um uh and so like that's there but then there's also this other meaning of darkness you know which like obviously fairly straightforwardly refers to like darkness of the soul or like whatever mm -hmm. right and where i think i think maybe she's saying here at least that like when i'm home darkness happens to me faster than I would have expected like I get into a bad place faster than like it feels like a mistake <laughs> yeah and I wonder if that's just like because you're more comfortable being home you can kind of like um not relax but you can kind of let all those feelings bubble up you know if we're if we're assuming that she's also just left this relationship it's like <sighs> like you can take a, a, a breath and kind of center yourself for a minute and once you've breathed out um those feelings might just approach faster than when yeah. you're juggling all of these feelings of yourself and the partner and this breakup yeah. and whatever um it's just yeah, totally. maybe home just like provides some space for that darkness to fall yeah that's a cool point because like yeah, you're, you're totally right. There is this thing where like if you are super stressed out with a bunch of shit happening and like you are in a dark place because you're like, I just don't even know what to do about this. Like I have so much going on and like like whatever, this like heavy shit. But like once decisions are made, there is this feeling sometimes of like obviously it's very relieving that I don't have this like very stressful shit to deal with anymore. But also like, oh shit, I'm left with just my mind. Like, mm -hmm. at least I had stuff to wonder about before. Exactly. <laughs> right, where now I'm just like, oh shit, existence is really hard on its own. Exactly. And maybe like taking some time to reflect on exactly what happened uh, mm. for however long before you returned home. Like, um, yeah, just getting to process that for the first time after a long time. Um, yeah. In a place that is so familiar for our narrator too. Um yeah. yeah. Just more intense. It's very intense. And I think um, I only thought of this now, but I think that uh, the the use of the word mistake here gives me a little bit of like blink once if God, twice if no God vibes where she's like, it feels like some kind of mistake. It feels like like, in order to make a mistake, you have to have, like, a person with agency, right? Like, nature doesn't make mistakes. That just, like, doesn't make sense to talk about. And so, like, I think there's maybe, like, a hint here of, like, she's not saying it is a mistake, but, like, it feels like it. So maybe there's some agent doing the acting upon people. I don't know. Um, 
my biggest question of this entire verse is who the fuck is they? Yeah. And what'd they tell you? What kind of mistake are we referencing? I mean, for I, I don't even endorse this at all. But when I was trying to figure out that very question that you were asking, Sam, which is like, what mistake? Um, given that, like, I just edited a bunch of Baby Birch episodes, I, like, have that so at the front of my mind. But I, like, don't think that this is what's going on in here, like, that she's referring to whatever happened in Baby Birch as a mistake. Um, I don't endorse that necessarily, but it is something that just, like, it made me think of it, maybe. Like, there's some sort of background vibe to that there. But again, it's just a sensitive topic. I'm not at all saying that she thinks of abortions as mistakes, if that's what happened to her, nothing like that. I just, it's like the first thing that came to my mind, I guess. No, and I think that's fair considering the the vinyl of the song that we're on, but it also makes me wonder, like, is the mistake also uh, returning home? Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's what Alice is doing in uh, in Wonderland or in Told You Would, and that's the comparison here too, right? It feels like some kind of mistake, just like they told you it would. Yeah. Just like the Told You Would. Um so entering the Telji Wood was a mistake for Alice because yeah, it took right. her away from home. Um, and is the mistake coming back? Um, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. So for Alice, if I'm understanding you right, Sam, I'm excited about this. So uh, <laughs> the mistake is the Telji Wood, but the Telji Wood occurs whether you're leaving or coming back, right? It's in the way no matter what. So like... If you decide to leave California, if you're the narrator, you decide to leave California, you have to go through the Tolji Wood to get out, right? So mm-hmm. there's like this darkness and it it might be a mistake. But then also like you're through it. You're on the other side. Now you're like, oh, I'm restless. I want to go home. But you have to go through the Tolji Wood again. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I really like that. Also, can we marvel at her wordplay here and the way that told you it would sounds exactly like told you would and yes. when I first heard that I didn't realize there were two different things that she was saying I thought she was just saying just like they told you it would twice yeah um I am so impressed by that ability to rhyme but I think you're right Sam I think the mistake does refer to uh either the leaving or the coming back or maybe both simultaneously yeah sorry I'm just on the wikipedia page for through the looking glass now Mm. And, you know, the looking glass is what helps Alice to read the Jabberwocky poem and she can only read it by holding it up to the mirror. And I think that's kind of potent in terms of this verse, in terms of the song, too, um, as much as it's about for me, like processing, it's really the narrator too, like looking at herself after this relationship and kind of picking up those pieces yeah um, doing some reflecting yeah or, and even like look so because isn't it so it's that like the jabberwocky poem she finds it but it's like written backwards or something yeah, and so exactly. she okay so she like reflects that in the mirror and then is able to read it mm-hmm. so that makes me think like she needs like some distance or something it, it makes me think of a pin light bent a little bit where we're talking about like viewing one's life through the lens or like we have this little pinhole with which we can see through and that's how we experience our entire world. But now um, 
it's sort of the same in that she's like assessing and analyzing her situation through this like lens, like something about having direct access to it, like not using the mirror isn't sufficient, right? Like it's not, mm-hmm. you don't get the best information from that very subjective, I don't know, standpoint. And like, is home the best place to process something like this too? I mean, it's not for me. It's not (laughs) for me. um, (laughs) I guess it depends on your definition of home too, right? Like, yeah. um, Depends on your definition of home. Depends on like what those dynamics are like once you get there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. when we were talking about Alice in Wonderland before, I refrained from saying, but also now I'm not refraining because I have no more willpower apparently, that I have another Sopranos connection. Oh, except for not really. my it's, God. I don't actually. I don't actually. No. I just have. You have to say it now. I mean, I'm going to say it, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I actually have a Sopranos reference and a Winnipeg reference, but we'll get okay. to that later. Um, Sopranos reference, I was just thinking of the episode i think it's called isabella but where uh that you know that jefferson airplane song uh like, don't yeah. go chasing yeah, rabbits yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song plays while tony's looking at himself in the mirror and i am into that scene and i am into the alice in wonderland references sorry it's just that when these sopranos references occur to me now especially i have to say them because you guys didn't know how relevant it was <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I sincerely apologize for that, and we can continue. Instead of doing Sufjan albums, we're going to do each <laughs> Sopranos episode. Thorough analysis. Uh, I'm sure that exists already. Uh, I don't think it does. I oh, think this is one of those weird to. niche things. Oh, <laughs> no. Hold on one second. <laughs> if you find something, I will actually pee oh my, my god <laughs> one two three four what are you talking about five no five sopranos are... podcasts oh oh i thought you meant sopranos joanna oh like connections no, no, no. I, dude I mean... i've listened to three of those five i know <laughs> three of those five inside and out <laughs> they're good <laughs> no more fucking zd is one of them <laughs> talking <laughs> sopranos is another one of them yeah <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I thought we were talking about the connection specifically. Um, if there were five podcasts only about Sopranos and Joanna Newsom, that would blow my mind. I, that's, that's why I was like, what are you talking that's about? Too many. I was like, maybe she means episodes, not like, I don't even know. Okay. Anyway. <sighs> Next verse? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So then she says, um, when I came into my land, I did not understand, colon, neither dry rot, nor the burn pile, nor the bark beetle, nor the dry well, nor the black bear. Um, sorry. Thought not related to the thing I just fucking read, but remembered I'd wanted to say when we were talking about Jabberwocky. Um, I was sort of looking up like the themes of Jabberwocky uh, just in preparation for this. And one of the things I saw was um, that it follows this very uh, 
traditional structure. I forget the guy's name, but the guy who said like, here's like the seven types of stories that people tell or whatever. And one of them is like the hero who is at home, but then he must like travel out away from home to do some shit, like slay villains and then comes back triumphantly home. And I thought that that structure that Jabberwocky has, um, that's what happens in Jabberwocky, right? The narrator goes out, slays the Jabberwock, comes back. Um, uh, so I thought that might be relevant just in terms of like that similar structure. And also in the analysis I was reading of Jabberwocky, they specifically like the only example they used uh, to make this comparison or to like illustrate what kind of like story structure this thing has is St. George and the Dragon. Whoa. Um, I know. I was like, oh my God, 81. And then I was like, oh my God, 81 was the third song on the first vinyl. And this is the third song on the second vinyl. Could be a total coincidence because this is me like taking shit from Jabberwocky and being like, ooh, there's a theme here that has something to do with a theme that happened in 81. And that's a bit crazy, but yeah, whatever. But she's also it. just so well read that it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all if it was like layer 765. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I especially love it in just the framing of, um, I don't know, just this... Uh, sort of traditional story structure, one that's very familiar to all of us, but her own version of it. There's something about that I really love. I'm really into like folk tales and folk songs and folk ballads. And I, this one feels like it in a way that, you know, I don't know, in an outstanding way, but still. I really like that as kind of like a major theme for the album mm. that like she is our hero and in the end, she does slay the dragon. And, like, the dragon is not necessarily the partner, but it's, like, the darkness or something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I like, also at a agree. very basic level. Yeah. Like, I have a task that I have to go accomplish. I have to go through some shit, I guess. Yeah. Right? Once I leave home. And actually, now that you say that, Sam, again, I think this is probably stretching, but, like, whatever. This is what this podcast exists to do. Um, that uh, sort of cyclical structure. So like one thing I read about the Jabberwocky when I was reading just about like the structure of the poem in general was that the first verse and the last verse are identical, right? Mm -hmm. So in when I was like in high school in like choral, like choir or whatever, we had a song that just was singing Jabberwocky. It was like, "'Twas brillig and the slightly tove." Like it was very whatever, but... Um, <laughs> The first verse and the last verse are the same. And I really love uh, one of the things it was saying on there was that like, it's kind of cool because like in the Jabberwocky, you get this impression that like, look, here's a day where things are chill and like this is what's happening in this village. The hero has to go out on a mission and then he comes back and everything starts again. Like, so this is like, the story isn't that special, right? It's just a story among millions of stories that we all carry with us all the time. And I like thinking of the album as a whole in terms of that structure where like in easy, we start off in this like very domestic seeming setting, which is like, um, you know, there's like beds that we're talking about and there's like staying and being together and like domesticity. And then when we leave in does not suffice, like she is leaving, but like also we're talking about a bunch of domesticity and like yeah. hangers and closets and homeness and like what that all means. 
So I kind of like that idea that like this entire album is just like one of it's like mundane in its own way. And I mean that in like the nicest way possible, right? It's like just one story, one part of someone's story among billions of stories. I don't know. I really like that a lot. I love talking to you, Sam. We're talking to you. It's a good thing. It's going to be a <laughs> shitty podcast. We're just like, I don't know. It's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted you. I want to hear your thought. I, I, I don't know no. what it was. Damn it. My dumb comment. Is it a, it a, wasn't a dumb comment. It was a great comment. And now I'm thinking about like how... <laughs> And easy, all of that domesticity is related to both of them. But at the end, it's only packing her things. And I'm oh, sure we'll yeah. talk about that endlessly. And that makes sense because she's the one leaving. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about that forever and does not suffice. But um, yeah, no, I love that. It, it sort of gives the impression too that like, like, if this is a real thing, that like at the end of does not suffice, she's like just heading out on another journey. And like, there's going to be a different Tology Wood that she's going to have to track through, you know, like it's she's leaving home again. And like, hopefully there's like another cycle, I guess, where like she'll find home again. But like, hopefully, hopefully things aren't going to be as shitty. I don't know. Yeah. Remind us to think about that as we move forward and try and put each of these songs in that context because I really like thinking about it. Like we've said this before, it's really hard to think of the whole album themes when we're doing like word by word analysis of each song. But like that each song is a battle that the narrator faces is like a really, a really nice uh, general theme to hang on to. Yeah, I think. Oh boy. Okay. This verse to me is uh okay, when I came into my land, I didn't understand dry rubber and pile bark beetle dry wood like bear. Um notes that I have <laughs> are um <laughs> this is the first of two mentions of my land as this land as belonging to our narrator. Mm-hmm. Um And to me, this is just like when I first came back home, here's a bunch of shit I didn't understand. Um, And just relating those things to physical things in nature. Um, I just have a bunch of definitions of all of this stuff. Let's hear them. (sighs) Dry rot is wood decay caused by fungus and made me think of, we talked about this a lot recently, but I don't remember much the little willow cabin and uh how that was like a gift or something we had framed it somehow as something that the partner made for her or gave to her um and just like anyway uh how that might be holding up uh one example when the bell breaks what will you make for me a little mm -hmm. willow cabin to rest on your knee that's right okay um, and does dry, dry rot is it like a it kills trees it's like a disease yes okay and apparently it's like debated if it this is like caused by water or if it's just fungus like that doesn't matter who cares about that the interesting water. part yeah I, oh god <laughs> oh my god yes um the interesting part is that the latin word for 
Well, so my debisputed is the citation notes. The epithet lacrimens is derived. So lacrimens as a word for uh, either for dry rot or for the fungus that attacks the wood um, is derived from the Latin word lacrimare, meaning to weep. Um, and most surveyors of rotted buildings have noticed the teardrops formed by the fungus as water forms on the hyphae. Oh. Um, yeah, so just like a very small, sad note there. Um, burn pile, I have nothing to say about other than like <laughs> a bunch of stuff you want to burn. I don't know. Um, bark beetle as a small wood-boring beetle that tunnels under the bark of trees. So I loved your analogy of uh, her as a tree earlier on. Oh, um, yeah. And some kind of infestation that might be involved here. Um, dry well, I didn't really get other than like a more general connection to water. Um, you know, I, I feel like a fucking broken record with water. Um, uh, we talked about it so much in East, um, like depth of water and now water's gone. That's like all I'm going to say But that dry right. well, which is a hole in the ground filled with gravel or rubble to receive drainage and allow it to percolate away. So like we're getting rid of the water. Black bear just made me want to think about our bear. Yeah. Um, and I want to say something like maybe our narrator didn't or doesn't understand the plight of bear that we know so well, but like that needing to escape from under someone's thumb. Um, but now that she finds herself alone on her own land uh, and has kind of like shed, shed a skin in the way that bear had, um, you're able to better, um, kind of frame everything that's happened um genius also notes just that like black bears are native to california which like fine mm. sure <laughs> I, I don't know um your, your thoughts please yeah no i really like i mean everything that you said so uh let me just like work in reverse order maybe so black bear yeah. um i mean one thing is that like if that time thing is right where like the first verse was her reflecting on stuff and then like she gets into like she like dives into the living in the moment part like maybe it was that she yeah didn't understand bear then but like from this privileged perspective that the song started out in she does now mm -hmm. um i also when i made my partner read this who is from california and I was like, what are the California references in here? Because I know they are some. And he was like, well, a black bear is on our flag. And I was like, mm -hmm. isn't it a grizzly bear? And he was like, it might be a grizzly bear. But <laughs> in either case, there's a bear involved in California flaggery. Um, I also read somewhere that black bear was the name of a Nevada city where Gianna's from. Mm. Uh, it was the name of a band there. And she, like, I think has, like, some public connection to one of the members of that those bands uh that band um when i looked up drywell the thing that i got from it was like yeah it's used to somehow i don't understand how move water that you don't want away uh, i think you said that sound which is yeah 
obviously easy. Bark beetle. I love that tree imagery. Burn pile makes me think of only skin and yes. shit burning. Uh, also sort of foreshadows like the um, brandishing burning branches that's coming up maybe. Mm-hmm. And then dry rot is just, it makes me, th- again, this could be stretching. I feel bad about this episode because i'm just like here are some like free associations that i think of so like i don't know what you guys have for me but this is the only thing i can offer should change the podcast tagline to joanna newsom lyrical free association (laughs) it's fine just lower lower the standards a little bit yeah i i endorse this change um but it makes me think of like okay once the water's gone from something that's like dry rot uh like, even though it's good, as we were talking about before in some context, um, it's good for, like, this bad shit to be gone, the water that's, like, suffocating and hard to deal with. But, like, also when it's gone, like, I'm rotting. <laughs> like, I'm not doing well without the water. Um, also, <laughs> there's, like, as you said, the my land part, I think, is important. But, like... I don't know exactly what she's talking about. So the term I came into my land is very reminiscent of like inheritance stuff. Like I came into a bunch of money. Mm. It means like you inherited a bunch of money. So like is she referring here to that she inherited this from like her ancestors who have lived in California? Does she mean she literally owns the land? Does she mean that she is associating herself with the land? Like, what does it mean to come into one's land? Is it, like, being born and, like, you've come into your land as a result of, like, existing there? Or is it coming back? Like, I have now embraced this as my home. Like, I'm not sure what's going on exactly there. Yeah, I like to think of this one as either, okay, I'm back. Here's all this stuff I need to process that Mm -hmm. relate to myself and the ending of this relationship. But also, okay, I'm here and I don't know what to do with myself. And here's like a really poetic way of all of the things that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's interesting too because like it, it implies, this verse implies that she now does understand. Mm-hmm. Because I did she, not. Yeah. Yeah. I did not understand this then when I came into my land. Mm-hmm. But like that sort of implies in this weird way that now she does Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, she's like trying to like figure shit out, which I think is a theme in this song, where she's trying to figure out like what do I do? How do I live? What's yeah. living? How do I do this? Which makes sense if you've you know been living uh, as part of a union for so long. Yeah, that you would need time and space to redefine everything. Yeah. I have a question, Sam. Do, mm-hmm. Pretend like you haven't read anything beyond this verse of okay. this song. Uh-huh. Do you get breaking up vibes up until this point? Or is it just like that your understanding of what's happening now is just very much informed by like what goes on later? Uh, I think it's more informed by the rest of the like the previous shit in the album. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. But... I guess it's also just like I don't, you know, my own relationship with home. Like I don't see why you would return home unless shit's real bad. 
Like you um, had to move out suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I think that for her, this is a very, at least for the most part, a very safe space. Yeah. Um, safe yeah. but suffocating. Safe but suffocating, 100%. Um, but I do kind of get breakup vibes from the darkness. The darkness does fall so fast. Mm. It feels like some kind of mistake. Certainly the whole thing feels like some kind of reprise after a breakup. But yeah. I think that it's more just for me informed by uh, everything that's happened earlier in the album. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. It was on a good day the last – or no, you and me best. Mm-hmm. was the one that came up before this okay that's right um it also makes me feel um uh, it gives me this vibe that I really like which is sort of this like in, impenetrable mystery almost where like she's saying like look I didn't understand these things implying that she does now but also like unless you guys are all familiar with these things like as the listener or the reader of these lyrics, like, I don't understand those things either. Like, I don't know them all the dry rotten or the born. Like, I am in this, like, sort of position that she's not in anymore. And I like that contrast in this knowledge that, that she's implying that she has now that, like, probably her listener doesn't have. Um, I don't know. There's something about that mystery or that, like, something about that that is compelling to me. Yeah. Uh- I think you're right in that it kind of brings us along for, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like when I listen to these songs, I'm like trudging along with her in every space. Like when she brings us to the old milk lake, like I always feel like I'm right beside her, but you're very right that like by listing all of these things that I don't know, I also know nothing about bark beetles and black bears. Like that's that's a really good point like i'm I'm right there with you also don't know we'll google it Uh, like read a book Um, yeah we have a bunch of google at our disposal but yeah so like came into my land if it's your home then you didn't come into it unless you mean by birth i don't know i'm not sure what's happening um oh also remember when we talked about monkey and bear we talked about the brilliant as always blessing all the birds post talking about bears and femininity does this mm-hmm. ring a bell yeah um so here is that thing that we talked about <laughs> in the monkey and bear episode so uh the reference to a bear here and if um if bears do in some way at least represent femininity and like nature seems to represent femininity a lot in joanna's work um yeah, I just thought that was like maybe worth mentioning here that she associates maybe womanness with bareness and like you should be afraid of it, but also at the same time like not. <laughs> yeah. Um Do you have other thoughts? Not for this verse, but I don't want to read the next one cuz I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Dude, me <laughs> neither. How about instead of reading it? We take a break for drink pouring. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, so that does it for part one of In California. Thank you guys so much for listening and being here with us. We have a Patreon you guys should check out. So we have five bonus episodes up there now. We might even actually be at six by the time this episode gets released to the public. So go check that out. We have early releases there as well. Um, 
And we have a lot of fun recording those bonus episodes. Who knows what we talk about? We talk about listener theories and our own sort of thoughts and addendums. We do rankings of the have one on me discs. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but yeah, check that out. If uh, you guys are not in a position to be able to financially afford Patreon, but you really want to hear those bonus episodes, feel free to just shoot us an email. Sam and I would be happy to just send them to you for free. We have a lot of fun recording those episodes. We don't want you guys to be left out because of financial shit. Money is terrible. Um, so yeah, just let us know if if that applies to you. Um, but thank you so much to all of you guys who do support us on there. It really means a lot. Um, what else? So, uh, we have a Facebook group, a hopeless endeavor, join Newsome podcast. Sam runs our Instagram at a hopeless endeavor podcast. Um, yeah. Send us anything you'd like. We love voice memos. I know it's hard to hear your own voice. I so feel, feel that like, I hate listening to these episodes. I skip to Nikki's part and all of the voice memos constantly because like hearing your own voice is too much. Um, but we love them. So if you're feeling brave, um, feel free to send us voice memo to the email or a paragraph or a single thought. All good. We love it all. We do love it all. Um, I can't remember if I said before, the email is a hopelessendeavor at gmail.com. So yeah, send us anything. We would be so appreciative. Uh, and that's it for now. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. Thank you. Bye. See, see. <laughs>